You're listening to the Woman Who Chat podcast with me, your host, Sandra Garlic. A podcast where I chat to women in business who share their knowledge and their business journey, including their top tips, especially for you. But not only that, you'll hear their inspirational stories too, the real authentic version, because life and business is actually a roller coaster. I'm the founder of Woman Who, and I help you to power up your personal brand and get visible. I teach you the simple steps to get where you want to be. I help you to find your story and create the opportunities for you to share it confidently on stage, in print, and in other media. I'm delighted to bring this podcast to you each week to inspire and motivate you so that you can achieve in the future. I'll be sharing my knowledge, insights and stories too. Enjoy this week's podcast. Woman Who Chat is sponsored by Grow Radio. Grow Radio is an online radio station dedicated to bringing you a different podcast on the hour, every hour. I'm proud that Woman Who Chat is played on Grow Radio every Tuesday at 3pm and Friday at 8am and to be part of their podcasting community. If you want to listen to the station, explore their shows, get your podcast onto Grow Radio and check out many of the blogs to improve your podcasting skills. So head over to growradio.uk today. Welcome to Woman Who Chat. And today I'm chatting to Charlie Day of Charlie Day Sales. Now, the name is gives you a big clue there as to what we're going to be talking about. And I'm a big believer that sales shouldn't be a dirty word. And I found that recently by listening to Charlie. And I thought, what a great guest to bring on and talk about sales. Hello, Charlie. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. It's great to have you. Now, before we get into all the sales stuff, how did you get into sales? Oh my gosh, it's a long story. It's a long story. So I have a running joke that I've never had a real job. And it's true. I have never had a real job. I went to drama school when I was 18. I went to London. And I wanted to be an actress. That was the plan. But five months into my acting career, I was like, this is not for me, you know, having to be a waitress and having to have like, another job. No, that was not what I wanted. So I didn't do any of that stuff. I went to a couple of auditions. I did actually get some professional work, but I realized really quickly that it just wasn't for me. And so I decided to set up my own theater school for kids. And I don't know if it was my 21-year-old arrogance or just naivety, but I presumed that I would set up a theater school people would hear about it and everyone would come flocking. So I'd actually worked out, you know, based on the number of children that were in the area that I was living at that time, like, oh my gosh, this is going to be off the charts. This is going to be crazy. And so I spent the whole of the summer of fun um, planning this. And I thought, you know, I'll probably only take about 35 to 40 children. That's probably capacity for my first workshop. Um, I'll stop it at that. So I'd hired this big hall with a stage. I'd hired all the costumes. 
I'd spent about a thousand pounds before I'd done anything and I managed to get seven kids there oh. and I, <laughs> I worked my absolute am I allowed to swear or is this one of these non-sweary podcasts? You go ahead with whatever you need to. <laughs> I worked incredibly hard. <laughs> and and I just couldn't believe that nobody was coming. And so in the end, I thought, I, I can't do a show with seven kids. I can't do a week-long workshop with seven kids. This is ridiculous. This is so embarrassing. So I gave away a couple of free spaces, rounded it up for te- to 10. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going to do the workshop and then I'll just sweep it all under the carpet. We'll forget about it. We'll move on. Maybe I'll get one of those proper jobs. And I did the week and the sort of kids that came to me were kids that weren't already at a theatre school. So they were a little bit shy and they maybe did wouldn't get a solo normally, but they loved performing and they wanted to be there for that. So we did a show and all of these kids had an opportunity to do a solo and lines because there was only 10 of them, right? And um, the parents came to watch like the smallest audience ever. And at the end of the show, every single parent was like, we want to sign up for weekly classes. And I was ready to like brush it all under the carpet. But I was like, in that moment, I thought it was that hard to get 10 kids in a room. Are you really going to let them go now? So I made a decision in that moment. It sounds crazy to think, but I was like, I'm just going to get really good at sales so that I know how to sell and so that I've got a lot more kids. Um, It took me 18 months to turn a profit at that theatre school, but it still exists today. We teach 500 children on a weekly basis. I went on to create a party agency for kids across Essex. And then I started a company called Phonics with Robot Reg, which was preschool phonics classes. We franchised that business. We've got 54 franchises internationally. And through those three businesses, three multi six figure businesses, I just got really good at sales. I fell in love with it. And over time, people started asking me for advice. They started asking me how I'd managed to sell 30 franchises before I was 30 years old, all of these things. And I used to go out for lunch with people and just tell them, <laughs> give them all the information. And then the, the lunches got a bit much because I was head of sales for Phonics with Robot Reg at that point. And so I set up a Facebook group and it sort of went from there. 2020, just three weeks before the pandemic, I'd set up this Facebook group, not knowing what was about to happen. And yeah, I just started giving out free advice on the internet. And then that turned into me doing a course and me doing a mastermind and me doing a membership. And now I've helped corporates make more sales. I've helped sales teams. And I just absolutely love it. It lights me up. I love showing people that sales can be easy. Sales can be fun. So yeah, that's my story. Fantastic. And not a lot of people, not a lot of listeners will know this, but I started out in sales and well, I did telesales, which is probably the worst aspect of sales ever. And it was cold call telesales as well to financial institutions in London, trying to sell them financial information pages. And I hated it. I hated every call. Although I did get a big buzz when I got an appointment and I got a sale, but it sort of turned me off sales. And I did a stint in sales and marketing. Again, I didn't like this, this what I call the sleazy selling, you know, the sort of buy my stuff. And I always try and educate my audience. Don't keep going out there saying buy my stuff because people just get turned off by it. So how do you turn the sort of sales being, a, you know, why do you think people are so alienated and back off and don't like the sales aspect? 
think sales has got a massive stigma. You know, it's got a bad name, which is sad for sales because, it, you know, it should be fun and all of the things that you were saying about like having that buzz when you get a sale. That's what it's all about. And like we were saying before we came onto this podcast, sales is the lifeblood of your business. If you don't have sales, you don't have a business. And if you are a business owner, whether you like it or not, you're a salesperson. Until you can employ a sales team, you are a salesperson. And it's as simple as that. And so I personally think that men are, feel a lot more comfortable to go out there and say, hey, this is what I've got on sale. Come and buy it. Come and buy the thing. And females just don't. So what's happened over time is the, like people are going out there and selling. And then the other extreme is, oh, my gosh, I'm too nervous to even tell people what's on sale. But what I like to think is there, there's a middle ground between this, like, I always think of the sleazy car sales guy, like Mr. Wormwood out of Matilda, just the worst, like conning you, trying to build a relationship just to sell to you, all those things that I absolutely hate. There's an in-between of that and not selling at all, which is like what a lot of people who are my clients do, like, oh, Charlie, I'm too scared. There's a middle ground where we can be like, hey, here's what I've got to offer. Here's the benefits. Let's have a chat and see if it's the right thing for you. Because, hey, if it's not the right thing, I don't think you should buy it. I don't want you to buy it if it's not the right thing. But if it is the right thing and I can help you transform the sales in your business, bingo, let's go. Yeah. And I think it's a confidence issue as well. I think a lot of people haven't got the confidence. But then if you're not passionate about what you're selling, how can you be confident about it? And I think some people are almost embarrassed to try and, oh, by the way, I've got this. Do you want to buy it? And and they feel re- as if they've been really cringy and awful. And there's, that's like a, a mindset blocker there, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't think it has to do with confidence in the traditional word confidence like if you're an introverted person for example you can still be really great at sales and I always talk about this idea of sales working for you so what I might do in my sales strategy and what you might do in your sales strategy would be two different things because Maybe I'm confident with following up seven times. And at the moment, you're only confident with doing it three times. And that's absolutely fine. Sometimes a more introverted person can create a relationship really quickly because they're not like, jazz hands like me. So, you know, I don't think... I don't think the traditional confident thing, I don't think you need to be that. However, you're absolutely right. You have got to be passionate about what you're selling. You have got to believe that it's going to be transformational for the person that you're selling it to. And if you do, then that passion and that enthusiasm is going to shine through and make the other person want to buy it anyway. Yeah, yeah. I think one of my big hang ups at the moment is the amount of and it's strange how you say that because it is men sell in my inbox in LinkedIn and it literally is connect, sell. And I, I have got quite a nice uh, reply. I send them to them now and I've just have fun with it now. And I go back and I, I basically tell them to, where to go. But, you know, that is a form of selling, but there should be something. It's about relationships, isn't it? I like to build relationships. And I think the more people get to know, like, and trust you, the more they are to buy whatever you're selling. I've transformed from business to business, but people still follow me. They still buy. And that is a really strong connection, isn't it? To make people trust you. Yeah, absolutely. And and like, I don't know if some of these cold DME people actually make sales, but I would never in a million years 
even have a conversation with these setters who are like, I can get your appointments full. How? You don't know what I sell. You don't know the way that I'm going about selling it. So how could you possibly? And I also <laughs> respond, <laughs> telling them to join my free group and that I can introduce them how to sell properly. <laughs> I know that there's coaches out there and that is what they're teaching. And it breaks my heart mainly because I don't want to get those messages every day and as long as coaches are teaching that I know I'm going to be getting those messages but also because I genuinely don't think it works I don't think it works I think what works is building real relationships creating a community showing people that actually what you've got to offer is absolutely amazing and putting out offers that are irresistible for people to buy. And I stay really close to my results in my business. So not only my own personal results, but my clients' results as well, because results are ultimately what are going to sell. So if you are getting results time and time again for your clients, your clients are going to go out there and tell people they're going to bring more clients. Those people are going to hear about it. They're going to shout about it on the internet. And so you're just going to grow and grow. Now, there are people out there using dodgy sales tactics who are making sales and not ever getting clients any results. And there's even people doing very dodgy things where they're making sales of something that isn't even a real thing. But ultimately, because results are what sell, those people are going to go downhill the other way. And I've seen that happen to people. So I do think honesty and integrity win overall. So as long as you are that, You'll be fine. I'm briefly interrupting this podcast to tell you about the Woman Who Achieves Awards 2024. Entries are now open until Sunday the 18th of February. This is your opportunity to share your journey, your achievements and your goals and aspirations for the future. Plus, entering awards is great for visibility. Just pop over to the Woman Who website, womanwho.co.uk forward slash awards for all the information. Now back to the podcast. And, I, you know, I say to, to my clients that, you know, be real, you know, just be you because people want to buy from a real person. They don't want to buy from a corporate type logo or anything. You know, you've got to come from behind the logo. So, you know, someone that's nervous of sales, that's really scared, that's just starting out. What would be your advice to them? You know, what is a good exercise for them to get a bit more familiar with the sales? Because I when uh, women enter my awards, they're just starting out. And they're just get, getting that tentative, well, I forecast my sales to be this. And you see some of the figures and you think, really? You know, is that possible in the next six months? I don't think so. So they've got all these bright ideas, very similar to your drama school, in that they think the world wants their product or service. And then they struggle. They hit this barrier and they hit this wall. And some, many of them give up as well, which is such a shame. So for somebody that's starting out, what would be the first sort of things they should start doing? The first thing that I would say is, you know, the world does want your product or service. Know that. Like if I could go back and tell my 21 year old self, I would have just done things differently. I think the number one thing that you can look at if you're just starting out is your messaging. 
if you can tell me the top three benefits to buying your product or service, then I'm going to be able to think, well, is that relevant for me? What I see a lot of people in the space doing is they're just telling, they're not selling. So they're just saying, you know, we always used to be like, fun drama class. You know, people don't... I mean, you can scroll back deep into the archives and see my first Facebook post. You'd be like, what were you thinking? But, you know, people aren't scrolling the internet going, oh my gosh, there's not a fun drama class out there, is there? Oh, well, I best get myself there quick. Like, you know, we've got to be more creative than that. What are the bigger problems here? Why are people, and actually, if you look at the, as I said, the people who came to my theatre school, people who really wanted to do drama, but they didn't have the confidence, they were already too old to join the school or whatever, you know, they felt. I should have gone down that route with my marketing and said, you know, would your child absolutely love to get a solo, but they never have done. This is going to be perfect for you because it's a really small group, you know, go with what you know. And and actually, over time, that's what my theatre school became. It still is so inclusive. Anyone can join in, anyone can be part of the shows, anyone can get a main part. And so that very much became our messaging messaging is so key and it's really important that we nail it because we want people to be reading our facebook posts our ideal client reading our facebook posts and going oh that is me she is talking directly to me and if you do that then the sales process becomes a lot easier but i also think have a think about what would make you feel more confident so one of the things that i did right really early on in this business charlie day sales is i used to just offer free calls i would jump on i used to do an hour i wouldn't recommend doing an hour half an hour is enough i used to just jump on free calls they weren't discovery calls or anything they were sales calls so i will teach you in the next 30 minutes three things that i think you can do to make more sales in your business and i'd sort of say you know where's your business now what's going on in your sales i would and then i would give them um advice And I used to say at the end, this is, I'm not selling you anything. I don't have anything to sell. But what I would love for you to do is go back into my community. Sales is easy if you just know how community and tell people what you thought of the call. And so people would be like, oh my gosh, Charlie's so generous. You just give me a call. I've gone and made 400 pounds in the next hour because of it. How amazing. And then I'd get people in my inbox. Charlie, can I have one of these calls? Can I have one of these calls? And then very quickly, those calls became paid for but I built up that demand for them before I started to charge for them so think about what would give you a bit of confidence so that you can go out into the world and say hey I'm Charlie Day Sales and I'm going to be able to transform the sales in your business because at the beginning you know I'd been for these lunches with people I'd made sales myself but I didn't know if I could do it for anybody It's only through doing it and through giving people this exact blueprint that I use on products and services and all sorts of things that I've realized that I can teach anybody how to sell. Yeah, and that's a, that's a great thing to do. And for new business, I think tasters are, are a great thing. Give somebody a taster of what you deliver. Yes. And it, if they tell just one person, they tell another person, it, it just grows naturally. Let's talk a little bit, because I'm conscious of time and I want, I've got so many questions I want to ask. Sorry, I do go on. You that's can give me like a stop sign, Charlie. No, we can go on as long as we like. So, pipeline. So, so many people, don't they start selling 
Mm -hmm. And then they've got their clients, they've got their customers, and they take their foot off the gas and they don't think about the pipeline. Now, I, I'll tell you a story. I, When I was very young, uh, when I had my children, I started a nappy selling business and I was really good. I used to deliver the nappies door to door. You couldn't get nappies then. I used to deliver them door to door because women couldn't get out and buy these big bulk, bulky nappies and they, you couldn't get them delivered to the house. And I had a really great client base. I used to trundle around with my kids in the back delivering all these nappies and then my sales started to drop off because the kids potty trained and got out of nappies I hadn't even considered pipeline so I eventually ran out of clients and I think businesses do that today don't they they start up they get all these clients in and they just sit on those clients thinking that they're going to be there forever Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Huge mistake that people make all of the time. And the way that I like to illustrate this is what you are doing today is going to help you in three months time to six months time. So, you know, if something were to happen in your life where you didn't do anything in the business for the next three weeks, you probably wouldn't realize that immediately. But three to six months down the line, your pipeline would slow. And I see this happening to people when they grow a big audience and then they think, oh, I can just sit back on it now. I've got this massive audience. Well, no, we all need to be growing our audience all of the time. Otherwise, you won't have that pipeline. Yeah, don't get complacent. Don't rely on your audience. Do audience building activity or lead gen, I call it, every single day. Yeah. And the final thing I want to ask you is about follow up, because that was a light bulb moment for me. I am the worst world's worst follow-up uh not anymore so tell us a little bit about why important why follow-up is so important oh follow-up is the most important thing they're like the most important thing if you do not follow up why the heck not you are leaving money on the table if you don't follow up the average lead takes seven follow-ups. And here's how I think about it, right? So you inquire with me about my services. You're really keen and you're like, right, I'm going to send Charlie a Facebook message. I'm going to say 2024 is my year. I want to work with you. And so that lands in my inbox and I, you know, some people might copy and paste an, a message back. I would never. I would like have a conversation with you, but there are people who copy and paste to me all the time. And and then you've gone to do the school run. You've gone to do your job. You've gone to do your side hustle. You've got a supermarket shop. And that falls down in your inbox and you forget about it. So that impetus to like buy from me has gone. But it hasn't gone from me. I still want you to buy. So how can I make it important for you to remember that? Well, there's two things. A good close why is it time bound and compelling for you to buy from me right now, but also following up? So maybe I want to get you on a call. I'm going to be like, hey, Sandra, have you looked at the package that I've sent you? I would love to jump on a call with you. Are you free on Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday morning next week? Let's imagine Sandra ghosts me. I don't hear anything. Hey, Sandra. And I try and make them as personalized as possible. So I will have looked on your LinkedIn, looked on your Instagram, done all the things. So I'll, I'll always be adding a personalization. But I guess that maybe Thursday or Wednesday weren't very good for you. How about Tuesday next week? Does that work for you? Or I could do Thursday afternoon. You know, it's not pushy, but it's just like constantly reminding you 
you know, I'm here. And then let's say we get on a call. Let's say you do eventually. Oh, I'm so sorry. It was my son's birthday. So I didn't. And then we get on the call. As soon as we are off the call, you, I know you're going to be excited because I'm so passionate. I've got so much to offer. I will have researched your business. I'll really come to the table with some good ideas. And you'll go for, away from that call. You'll be like, 100%, Charlie, I'm going to buy. And I'll be like, cool. And then I'll follow up with you straight away. As soon as we get off that call, I'm following up. I build that into my call time, 15 minutes to follow up. Because you're excited on the call, but then you go downstairs and your husband's like, oh no, we can't do that. I want to go on holiday to the Maldives next year, don't we, Sandra? Remember the holiday to the Maldives you promised me? No, you're not signing up with Charlie Day. And then, you know, you realize that your cat needs to go in the vet and that's another thousand pounds. And and again, if I'm not following up, I'm not going to be reminding you, yes, it might be a £7,000 investment, Sandra. But remember on the call, we reverse engineered how you could bring in a quarter of a million pounds next year. So he'll be having a holiday to the Maldives every year for the rest of his life. And, and so the relationship grows through this follow up. But so many people are just concentrating on the lead gen, on getting more people in. And they actually don't think about the people that they've already got who are already waiting to buy from them. I just see those people who've inquired as they're waiting to buy from me. I just haven't pushed them over the edge yet. Yeah, it's a really interesting concept. And, you know, and it's almost bumping yourself to the top of the pile. I'm the world's worst. I get things, I flag them. And then probably about every three or four weeks, I'll go through all my flagged items. I find stuff I've missed out on because I haven't had the time. And that's the thing. You think you're everyone's priority, but actually the recipient is has got loads of these flagged items, loads of things coming in their inbox. And it they just you just need to bump yourself to the top. Yeah, how can you make yourself the most important thing? And I know, in fact, I say this, I've just had a flipping call with the swimming because this is how high maintenance they are. I know if you don't pay for my son's swimming class in the time when they're like, you have until the 1st of January to pay. They are cutthroat. They will take you off the list, even though we've been swimming there for the past five years. I don't care. If you have not paid, you're not going. And I sort of respect that boundary because Ernie also does a parkour class and they're like, you could be like halfway through the term and not paid yet. And they're like, oh, don't worry. We know that. And I just think, actually, from a business point of view, the swimming class have got it nailed. And that is why they're always fully booked. There's always a waiting list. And guess what? Parkour, there's loads of availability. So I think it really, you know, it's really important that we have those boundaries, we stick to them and we make people realise why they need to buy from us and why they need to buy from us right now. So I always ask my guests, we've run out of time, I always ask my guests before they leave to give one tip or piece of advice uh, to the listeners. So what would your one piece of advice or one crucial thing that they should do with sales? Oh, with sales? will follow up. Don't stop following up. You could go and make a sale right now. If you go and follow up with the last 20 people who inquired with you and didn't buy, if you did that, you'd make a sale, follow up. Otherwise you're leaving money on the table. Fantastic. I'm going to put all your links in the show notes, but just tell us where people can find you. Um, yeah, I've got, I, I've got um, my follow-up spreadsheet is currently available for free. So I'll give you the link to my follow-up spreadsheet. And if anyone's like, inspired to follow up the spreadsheet's awesome because it also tracks your conversion rate as well so i'll i'll give you the link to that um but yes i am charlie day sales on instagram and tiktok charlie day on facebook or come and join my facebook community sales is easy if you just know how 
and it was that simple. Sounds wonderful. We'll pop all the links in the show notes. Thank you very much. We've been chatting to Charlie Day of Charlie Day Sales. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Woman Who Chat podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Join me next week for more inspiration, learning and top tips. In the meantime, visit womanwho.co.uk to find out how you can start your Woman Who journey or even feature on a future podcast. You can also join the Woman Who Achieves community on Facebook. The link is in the show notes. There, you'll get the opportunity to network, find support and make new connections with over a thousand women in business. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's podcast. And if there are any topics you would like to hear, just get in touch with me, your host, Sandra Garlick.